Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You can wrap this one, my friend, in maroon and white. Ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. Rhino's down in Studio X. He'll make sure that we're on course and on target and... You haven't entered the transfer portal, have you? Not yet. Everybody no. else seems to be today. Okay. All right. I don't. I don't. Don't do that. We, we. We will come up with a comprehensive NIL package for you to stay, Rhino. Don't you worry about that. Ah, uh, thank you guys for joining me. If you really want to join the show, you can do it on the Ceasefire text line 601-879-4395, and we can talk. And of course, as we as we did last week, we'll be updating you. On the Mississippi State basketball game, currently trailing Kentucky eight to five at the first media timeout. Fifteen fifty-five left uh, in the first half. Stayed off to a really slow start. Got out to a five-two lead, and now Alabama. Uh, Alabama. They got Alabama on the brain with all that's going on there. Uh, Kentucky off on a six-zero run. Stayed two of six from the field with a uh, an early turnover, and they had a uh, block shot at the rim. Cam Matthews going up for a dunk gets blocked. Uh, so we'll see if the state can, uh, can hang around here with Kentucky. Uh, quad one opportunity for both teams, uh, but for the Bulldogs, a, a chance to bounce back after a, a tough loss on Saturday, which Kentucky had uh, as well. So uh, kind of an interesting way to do this, I guess, is to talk about this team while they're playing a, a game uh, currently. But I, I want to sort of look back at Saturday. And, and you know, if we go back to the uh, the, the start of the year, and the way this team was playing the first few weeks, I thought, okay, this is a team that they're going to contend for the SEC championship. That they, they, they once Tolu Smith comes back, this is a lot more complete team than it was a season ago. And there's been some cracks in that since since we've gotten to this point. Um, Tolu has come back and it has looked like his normal self, but some of the uh, the, the the guys who were stepping up in his absence, have, have taken a step back. Deshaun Davis not playing at a very high level. Jimmy Bell, since he's been moved to the bench, has not been been giving you anywhere near what he was giving you as a starter. Um, and they're just they're outside of, of Tolu and, and, and Josh Hubbard, State is struggling to find guys they can count on throughout the game. This team, this team is still very much an NCAA tournament team. Don't, don't take that the wrong way. Uh, I know bracketology. We just talked about it on Sports Talk Mississippi. They had State as a nine seed. State's still in the the high thirties as far as uh, net goes. Uh, they they play a ton of quad one games over the next couple of weeks. I think most of their games actually in the uh, the the upcoming basically to the end of the month uh, are you're looking at quad one. Obviously this week now net this Saturday. Uh, with Vanderbilt, that is not one. But at Florida will be, Auburn is, at Ole Miss will be, at Alabama will be. I'm not sure where Georgia is, so I'll have to, to look at that one. But that's four straight after the Vanderbilt game that you'll have an opportunity to get quad one wins. And some of those games are winnable. Florida has not been great this year. 
Auburn, you get them at home. They've been good this year, but it's at home. Ole Miss in Oxford, anything can happen in that game. And then you, you know, you saw what you when you played Alabama this past week that you can play with those guys. And State had uh, had a great chance to win a season ago in Tuscaloosa. So we'll see how it all pans out for Mississippi State. But I, at this point now, it, yeah, I think they're more just. Yeah, I don't think you know, contending for the conference championship it feels like it's going to be a bit of a of a stretch for them just because they have so many issues offensively. And then that's the same thing that it was a season ago. Um, I think a big part of that is the absence of Andrew Taylor. We talked about him on Sports Talk as well. That you know he just is, has not settled in here in Starkville as well as you might hope, and he's had to take time away from that. And you know, in this day and age, that's not something you want to trivialize or, or take lightly. Um, but State was was hoping on him, was counting on him to be a big part of this uh, this uh, offense, and he hasn't been able to contribute that. Then now you're missing Keyshawn Murphy as well. Keyshawn is the guy who's been able to give you some uh, some minutes off the bench and 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 provide some some spark there. But now he's been he's off on terms of uh, of a uh, personal issues as well. As State now getting run out running out run up here. Now it's fifteen five. Uh, Kentucky on a thirteen zero run over the last four minutes. Goodness, State cannot do anything. They've got a. Uh, uh, a couple of turnovers here. How many turnovers? Three turnovers already. State Jans, Jans just had to call a timeout. Um, so for the Bulldogs, you know, once they get past this game, you know, winning at Rupp, no matter who you are and what where you are in the uh, in the world, it's always going to be tough to win at Rupp Arena. This is still a tournament team, but I, I think we have to scale back at my, my 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 projections that they could be a team that would uh compete for the SEC championship. That, that they just don't have enough shooting power to do that right now. That you just can't count on just Hubbard and, and Tolu Smith and expect to get there. Uh so unless somebody like Shaq Moore or, or, or DJ Jeffries turns into a more consistent every game scorer, it's just not going to be that's just a stretch that's just going to be a problem for the Bulldogs. And, and you know you just hope you get through this evening Relatively good, you know. I, I think State will be able to chip into this lead. I don't think they're going to get run off the court, but they're not playing well right this second. Uh, shooting twenty-five uh, percent, Kentucky shooting sixty percent, and those three—I mean, three turnovers in the first six minutes of the game—is not good, you know. And, and and turnovers have been an issue for this this team this year. Jans addressed that a few weeks ago. He said that was their biggest issue uh, overall: their their inability to to stop turning the ball over on the offensive end. Uh, and then defensively, I feel like I, 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 this team is still good defensively, but they're not as good defensively as they would they were a, a season ago. I, I feel like they they just they're lacking a little something here or there that's that's not there from a season. I thought last season they, they the defense showed up every game, and there have been some times this year where the defense has kind of lapsed off. So. Say say take a timeout, good timeout from uh, from Chris Jans, a couple of three pointers, and now State's right back in the game. So I feel like this team. I don't, I don't know if they're going to be up and down. I don't think it's going to be a roller coaster. They'll string some wins together at some point, and and, and they'll probably push for for nine, ten wins in the conference, which will be plenty, which will be plenty to get them into the NCAA with a decent uh, a decent seed. The question becomes this for me with Jans then is, you know, once you lose Tolu and, you know, you're going to lose Jeffries, you're going to lose Deshaun Davis, Matthews, all these guys, these are all upperclassmen. They're all seniors. You know, maybe they have a COVID year left, but I think by and large, this, the starting lineup 
next year. Outside of Josh Hubbard, I don't really know who I would pencil into it. I, you know, what does he look like next year when it, when it's a lot more of, of his team, of, of guys that he brought in? You know, Jeffries, of, of the starting lineup tonight for State, Tolu, Matthews, Jeffries, and Shaq Moore were here when Chris Jans arrived. Um, so Jans is going to have, you know, we, when Jans was hired, he talked in great detail about the transfer portal and how he, he was going to be aggressive in it and attack in it. And then he didn't really have to this first year because he brought everybody back. And he didn't have to do it this year because, you know, everybody returned. And you don't expect that, but that's what happened. Next year, we'll see if Jans can hold to, true to his opening day promises of being able to go out and attack the, the, the transfer portal. So we shall see. We shall see. This team, though, I, I don't feel like they're underachieving at this particular moment, but I, I, I do feel like they could be a little bit better, and I don't know if those two things are are are, the, are mutually exclusive or, or am I saying the same thing twice there? Am I being redundant? I don't know. I just feel like there's another level for this team that if they could ever find it, they would be able to compete with anybody in the country. But because they can't, they, 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 they struggle at times. And another turnover there. That's four turnovers for State in the first seven minutes of this game. That's that's an issue. That's a big issue for Mississippi State. They got to find that find that out. And I don't quite know how you do it because you know if Deshaun Davis is just like I said, he's just not played well the last few weeks, and so if he can't, if he, he he's really the only true point guard. Hubbard, I don't think is a true point guard. I think he's a guy who gives you a lot of scoring. He's great at the two, and he can play the point. But I don't know if he is the guy you want leading that offense up every possession because I want him to be looking to shoot, not looking to set up the offense, if that makes sense. So this team's going to be back and forth this year. They're going to be up and down. I think at the end of the day, you, you, you go into Mar- the selection Sunday confident the team's in, not worrying about being in the play-in game or anything like that. But you are going to have to watch this team struggle at times, and then at times you're going to watch them and go, wow, they, they can play with anybody in the country. So. It's just like last year, they can't shoot from the, the text line. Yeah, hu, hu, I thought that they were going to be like last year's team, but Hubbard and Taylor were going to be able to give them some shooting. Instead, it's just Hubbard. If Taylor were on this team and giving you what you projected from him, might have a, a, a different scenario. So, All right, let's talk football when we come back. Mississippi State hosted some recruits this weekend, including one who I think holds a big, big part of Mississippi State's future. We'll talk about him when we come back. This is Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Them Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. You called down the thunder, well now you got it. Rhino adding some new uh some new hits to the uh 
the bumper music. I like that. It's a good song, too, so I'm down with that. Th- Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. Don't forget, if you're uh, if you're listening, you know, if you're listening to the basketball game, you're not going to hear me say this, but I say it every week. If you miss this show, it's always available on the Thunder and Lightning uh, podcast feed. Always right there for you. Anywhere you get podcasts from, just subscribe. Please uh, subscribe and review. Five stars only, though. Now, make a deal. You can say whatever you want about me personally in the review. Just make sure that it's five stars, as you do. Uh, 11-20 left in the first half. 21-14 Kentucky. State got within a, a point, uh, but now Kentucky uh, starting to pull away uh, yet again. Uh, Bulldogs trying to get back in it via the three-pointer. A couple from uh, Sean Jones off the bench. Hubbard hit one, but Hubbard just missed one and then fouled on the uh, the rebound. So we'll see where it goes. All right. This past weekend at Mississippi State, Jeff Levy hosted a bunch of 2025 recruits. Uh, I feel like the 2024 recruiting class, by and large, is kind of sealed up for State. They'll look at to, to, to do some stuff after the spring but between now and the end of spring practice, not going to be a lot of recruiting news for Mississippi State regarding this year's class. So, you know, the focus moves to 2025, and you had some big-time players on campus last weekend. Tyler Lockhart, who is probably the top linebacker in the state from Winona. His brother TJ just committed and signed with Mississippi State just a month ago. Uh, you had Cortez Thomas on campus, who's the number one defensive back in the state next year. Uh, out of Holmes County High School, that's a, Holmes County Central. That's a st- place where State's done well over the past couple of years. Terrence Hibbler just signed from there. Joseph Head, Kamari Rogers went there. But the guy that everybody was talking about is Caleb Cunningham. He's, hey, Caleb Cunningham is consensus the top player in the state. Doesn't matter what recruiting service you look at, he's number one, five star player, uh, ranked as highest, think as number eleven in the country, regardless of position. A wide receiver out of Choctaw County High School in Ackerman. Big, physical, I mean, he looks the part of a big-time wide receiver. Uh, if you follow Mississippi State recruiting through the years, you know that that is something that they have never they've never signed, a five-star receiver. I, I mean, I've somebody, I swear if anybody on the text line says Eric Moulds, first off, he wasn't. He wasn't coming out of high school. But secondly, the point remains, you had to go back to 1992 to get a guy. So or ninety one, I guess. So Cunningham was on campus last weekend. I saw him talking with uh, with Jeff Levy, with Chad Bumpus. He was there talking with some of uh, MSU's current signees, JJ Harrell and Stonka Burnside. And this week, uh, for the two two of the national recruiting writers from On Three, Sam Spiegelman and Chad Simmons, uh, put in their RPM predictions, which is whatever their rec- I think it stands for recruiting prediction machine whatever their crystal ball is, they predicted him to end up at Mississippi State. I can't stress enough how important it is for Jeff Lebby to win that recruiting battle. You've got a kid close to Starkville, obviously has a great relationship with some of your players, has a great relationship with his position coach, potential position coach. You play in an offense that features the wide receiver. They put up big numbers in your offense. You have that reputation. Everything is moving in your direction. You've got to get this kid in the boat. You've got to sign this kid, this five-star receiver. And Mississippi State needs this guy from just never mind that you need him from a a, a a football standpoint. You know, never mind that it would be great to have a five-star receiver on the roster. Just from a perception standpoint, this is one you can't really let get away. You need him 
to, to sign with you next December. Now, again, there's a lot of confidence that that's going to be the case right now. But I have been around the state for a long time, and I know how recruiting goes. And nobody's just going to give up because Caleb Cunningham says he likes Mississippi State or even if he commits to Mississippi State. It will be a battle until Penn hits paper on signing day. So for me, you know, I think back through the years, you know, and, and State kind of shook some of that perception this year getting Harrell and Burnside, right? Those were the two top receivers in the state, and Mississippi State went out and got them. And I think Chad Bumpus is a guy who is going to give Mississippi State a leg up with, with the top receiver prospects in this state year in and year out. I think he's going to be a, a big positive boost for Mississippi State. If you really want to get into, you know, you really want to look at it from a, another perspective, Ole Miss today losing Derek Nix, their wide receiver coach, and a guy who I think most people would agree was the best recruiter on that staff, can't, can't hurt you with Caleb Cunningham. Last year, you know, you look at the at the players in the state of Mississippi and state, you know, they did okay, but they could have done better. And they, they did not get a, a, a they didn't do as well in the state as maybe you would like, especially when you consider that you had what four or five four star defensive linemen in the state of Mississippi last year and you didn't get one of them. Didn't get one. Ole Miss got four and uh Auburn got the other one. And for state, you know, for a school that has had that that perception of being a place where, where they've done well in the on defensive line, they've put guys in the pros to miss out on all of them was a l- little bit of a head scratcher. Yeah, I can understand not getting them all, but to not get one at the same time was 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 difficult. But then state turns it around, like I said, and they get the two receivers, which is something they they, they traditionally have not done in, in in years past. It would have been the other way around. Ole Miss would have gotten Burnside and Harrell, and State would have gotten the defensive lineman. Times have changed, and I you know I think Pete Golding did a good job for Ole Miss in recruiting those guys, and they 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 you know sold them on 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 the vision there. Good job. So State this year though the top player in the state, Caleb Cunningham, State has to put him in the boat. They have to find a way to to get him in there. For just never mind again. Never mind that it'd be great to have him, right? You think about going into twenty twenty five, and you've got Cunningham and Burnside and and Harrell and Mario Craver and San Francisco McGee, and you've got that you've got a great young receiver core. But State just needs to be able to say that you know they the Mississippi State always likes to make that 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 statement that the best players in Mississippi go to Mississippi State, that they are the school that year in, year out, has more Mississippi players on it than anybody else does. But you can't allow year in, year out, to have that happen and not get the top player in the state. And how long has it been for state since they got the number one guy in in this state? Or how, you know, how many years out of five have they done it? I mean, if I go back five years, you know, 2019, they got Charles Cross, who was a late late bloomer there for for the top guy in the state? Most of the year it was Nicobe Dean who ended up at Georgia. Twenty twenty, the top guy in the state was McKinley Jackson. If you want to do a re rank at this point, you would probably move Emmanuel Forbes to the top. But again, just by just by the rankings at the time, they didn't get the top guy in the state. Twenty twenty one, it was Deion Smith. We all know his story. He went to LSU, then to junior college, and now he's going to be at Ole Miss. And then twenty twenty two. Top guy in the state was Jaheim Otis, now a, a big time player for Alabama. And then, as we mentioned with 2023, Camarion Franklin. Oh, I'm sorry, last year they moved, I forgot, another late riser, 
Oh, no, I'm, I'm right. That was 2024. 2023, Sunturin Perkins. He's at Ole Miss. So it's been a while for State. It's been since 2019 since the number one player in the state has ended up as a Bulldog. So they need to find a way to break that trend this year. The good news is, like I said, it feels, you know, in the early going, it's January. So we're 10 months away, 11 months away. In fact, we might be 11 months to the day. When you think about it, this is the third Wednesday of uh, January. It's the third Wednesday of December when we'll have signing day. So we might be 11 months to the day away from that from that moment. But Mississippi State, and, and I will say this, you know, for all the struggles State has had in this 2024 class in the transfer portal, on the defensive side of the ball, offensively they've been fine. But on the defensive side of the ball, they've struggled. It appears the 25 class, the high school class, is going to be pretty good for Mississippi State. The early returns look good. Again, we have 11 months to go, which I I find it interesting that these guys have have sort of swung and missed on on the transfer portal, but it feels like they're doing okay building relationships with the high school guys. And I still think that long-term for Mississippi State, that's what the program's going to be. It's going to be a program built on development and high school guys and keeping guys around, using the Bulldog Initiative for retention as much as anything and using the portal to fill some holes here and there. More so than what Ole Miss does, you know. And I think I think State and Ole Miss are going to be a contrast in styles in that for as long as Lane Kiffin's there. Anyway, now when a new coach, if a new coach takes over at any point for Ole Miss, and I'm not saying that's happening, I'm just saying it could, then perhaps that could change. And it's possible that State could end up with a new coach at some point that wants to change their focus to to focus more on the transfer portal. But right now, it feels like Levy is is trying to put together a a, a top tier class for 2025. Now, what's top tier for Mississippi State? We're not talking about a top ten, top eight class. But if State could be in the top 20, maybe 17th or 18th nationally, that would be a big, big step forward for the Bulldogs. It's a good year in the state of Mississippi. We've had back-to-back really solid years in this state, uh, talent-wise. A lot of four-star kids next year and a couple of five-stars, uh, as, as we mentioned. So, all right, we'll be back in just a minute. I, I want to talk some baseball. It's time to have that conversation. We'll do it when we come back. This is Thunder and Lightning Live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. I am absolutely and completely thunderstruck. We're back here on Thunder and Lightning, Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for spending part of your Wednesday with me. Mississippi State getting run off the floor up at Rupp Arena, 40-22 to at the four-minute mark. Uh, Bulldogs shooting 34%, Kentucky shooting 56%. Five Bulldog turnovers. Uh, Tolu Smith on the night, just not feeling it. Two points on one of three shooting. He missed a couple of free throws, uh, two turnovers. Just nothing doing for State in this game. And there's nothing doing, and State just getting uh, beat up uh, pretty badly. 
So we'll see where that where that takes them. See if they can put together something in the uh, second half to come back. As we sit uh, on this day, we are 29 days away from the start of the college baseball season. We will uh, Mississippi State will have already played a game uh, by this point one month from now. Uh, opening weekend at Diddy Noble, Air Force Academy is the opponent in a season that is, is quite honestly, it's just make or break for for Chris Lamonis. It is it is either win or go home. Uh, you you won a national title. No one can ever take that away. Uh, but since then, you've had back to back seasons of finishing below five hundred in the conference and missing the NCAA tournament, and 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 in, in, in missing the SEC tournament, and it just in general has been poor for the Bulldogs. Um, and so you you make a change with bringing in. Uh, uh, Justin Parker to replace Scott Foxhall. Uh, you, you you go to the portal to get a couple of pieces. You missed out on some guys you really wanted in the portal. They're both a couple of your SEC rivals. You'll see them again, but you won't have them. And so the question becomes, have you done enough, have you made enough changes to, to improve to the point that you're going to get back into postseason play? I guess the first real question for me is, and this is something I, I need to get a better pulse on for the Mississippi State fan base is what is the acceptable result this year? What is the result that he achieves it and you're willing to say you're, you're, you're good to go to come back for 2025? Is it simply making the tournament? Is that enough? Does he need to host a regional? Does it, does, you know, does it need to be a full-blown, okay, this team is back top you know, eight seed hosting possible super regional team? You know, what, what is it? Because i got to be honest. If you tell me, well, they just need to get back into postseason play, what a sad state of affairs for Mississippi State baseball. You know, you, you you're supposed to be you you thought that coming out of that national title, this program was about to take off, and instead all it's done is flounder. And so they've got to find a way this year to be better. And that starts with pitching. You know, I feel like offensively, Hunter Hines and Dakota Jordan, David Mershon, uh, Ross Highfield. The uh, the Amani Larry the the transfer uh, uh, Logan Kohler at third uh, Bryce Chance will probably be out there in the outfield somewhere. I feel like you got enough pop in the lineup that you, you'll be able to put some runs on the board. But last year's pitching was a systemic failure, and I've used that word a lot. It wasn't just one guy or two guys. The entire staff had issues throwing strikes, competing in at bats. Um, they gave away far too many runners. Defensively, you had some big issues. You hope that you've shored that up. You kind of did last year with Marshawn moving to short, taking over the shortstop job, and you hope that Kohler can come in and give you a lot more steady defensive presence than, than did Slate Alford. But it starts with not putting guys on base for free, and State did that way, way too much last year to beat anybody. Um, and so Justin Parker comes in, and that's what your hope is. You hope that... Okay, think about this. Let's, let's try to put things in football terms. If the defense was bad, but you knew you had talented players, you'd recruit it well. And you're like, these guys clearly are talented players. You know, you look at draft reports, you're like, they still like these guys. You just you change defensive coordinators, and then you assume, okay, well, this guy knows what he's doing. He'll fix it. The same thing is kind of true with Mississippi State and the pitching staff. And one of the analogies I made with the, the pitching staff and Mississippi State baseball is kind of similar to what I've made for football. That I said, you know, even if State is going to struggle a bit defensively this year, 
they should be able to score enough points on the football field to be a bowl team. I think the same thing can be said for this team offensively in baseball. They should be able to score enough runs that if they're just okay, if they're just average, if they're just a C-minus pitching team, they'll be fine and they can get into, and they can get into the postseason. But last year they were an F. They were the worst pitching team in the conference by a large margin. They gave up seven earned runs per game. Not Never mind unearned runs. They gave up seven earned runs per game. You can't beat anybody doing that. So... That's where it starts. You know, what's that rotation going to look like? I think that you know Colby Holcomb will play a role. Gerangelo Sanjay will play a role. Carson uh, Ligon will play a role. Kyle Steven will play a role. The two transfers there from Miami and Purdue. I think Bradley Lofton can play a role for Mississippi State as far as the uh, the starting rotation goes. And then you look into the bullpen. And, you know, having Stone Simmons and Brooks Auger back, I think, is a big bonus for Mississippi State. Those are two guys that can, that, that were, they can give you some consistency, give you some innings there. Uh, if you can get Pico Khan back, I don't know, I don't know how much of an impact he can give you, uh, this year. Um, you bring in a guy, Cam Schulke, who I think is a very interesting player, a guy who, you know, uh, throws from a bunch of different arm slots and, and can, and can, Give you some some different look. Give hitters a bunch of different looks. I think Evan Sierra can be good for Mississippi State this year. He, I think he was you know in in limited. He had some some moments last year you saw where he was at least willing to compete and throw strikes. So you got some some options there, and I know I'm leaving some guys out, but that pitching staff just has to be better. Can I can he shave off a run and a half from your ERA? Can you be at five point five, which would still be bad? But at least it would give you some opportunities to uh, to to be able to stay in the game. You know, you can't do anything when you're when you're constantly giving up seven, eight runs uh, a game. You just you just can't. And if you can just be, you know, four or five runs per game, you you have a chance there to to be better and and to win some games. Now, one thing I do like about this team. Is that I'm trying? I'm looking up stats. Team ERA, of course, the SEC website is totally useless. Um, this team's schedule, guys, it's built to win. It's it's built to win. When you look at the non-conference, I mean, they're built to be undefeated when they play uh, the first uh, conference game. The the toughest game they have is against Southern Miss, and that game is in Pearl on on March fifth. But Air Force, Austin P, Georgia Southern, Jackson State, Mount St. Mary's, before that, I mean, I, I could be okay with dropping one of those games, but if they drop two, no, not good. Then they play Evansville for a weekend series, two games down in Biloxi against South Alabama. South Alabama, year in, year out, pretty good program. And then UNO, and then you come back home to host LSU. Of course, you haven't beaten LSU at home in a series since, I think, 2006, I think is the correct answer to that. Conference play is what it is. You look at the top the top 25 that was released. LSU is ranked. Texas A&M is ranked. Florida is ranked. I believe Georgia is ranked. Ole Miss not ranked, but it's Ole Miss, right? Uh, I don't believe Auburn's ranked. Vanderbilt is ranked. Alabama, I'm not sure if they're ranked or not. Arkansas, I know, is a top five team. And then you finish the year with Missouri. There's no there's no quarter given, so you've got to find a way to. I mean, in non conference play, you play what twenty six games. You need to be twenty four and two in those games. 
23 and 3 in those games at, at, at worst if you want to be an NCAA tournament team. And then maybe you can get in being you know 13 and 17, maybe even 12 and 18 in the conference, but it would be tied at 12 and 18. And that's where I think this team is, you know. If they're better than that, they're going to they're going to surprise me. They're going to surprise me if they're better than that. So very, very interesting season coming up. You know, one like we've not, I mean, I think about my time at Mississippi State. You know, Ron Polk's last season, he was coming off of a College World Series appearance, and then he decided he announced his retirement. So there was no, uh, he's on the hot seat, right? John Cohen, his last season at State, uh, went, went, hosted a Super Regional. Now, he had a little bit of a hot seat deal there in 2015 going into 2016, but he answered those critics. He didn't have back-to-back bad seasons after his first two years in Starkville where he was rebuilding. McMahon always had great seasons. You know, Canizero is what it is. This is the first time, really, in my I get, yeah, this is the first time in my lifetime that I'm watching Mississippi State baseball flounder for a three-season period. And that's... That's not why you spend all that money on Duty Noble Field. That's not why you spend all that money, you know, in NIL. That's why that's not that's not why you do these things. Mississippi State baseball is supposed to be competing for Omaha each and every year. And I'm not telling anybody anything when I say that. All right. Chris Lamonas would tell you that. So they've got to figure that out. And it starts twenty nine days from today against Arizona against uh, Air Force. If I had to guess, guys, first pitch on a Friday in February. Three o'clock, right? Right as Sports Talk Mississippi goes on the air, uh, Mississippi State and Air Force. That's just a guess. I don't know anything for sure. They'll announce it later. We'll wrap things up when we come back. We'll be back in just a minute. This is Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. Listen up! There is a storm coming! Wrapping things up with you here on a Wednesday evening. It's Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Don't forget, if you don't subscribe to Super Talk Mississippi uh, podcast, what are you doing? You, know, you, you don't know as much as you could. Thunder and Lightning, the Rebel Report, the Eagle Hour, the Sports Talk Mississippi podcast, it's all right there, free of charge, free sports information for you right there, wherever you get podcasts from uh, each and every day. Not a great showing for Mississippi State in the first half. Uh, Bulldogs down 47-29 at the break uh, in Lexington. So down 18. State's just not good enough defensively in this game. Kentucky's shooting 52%, uh, 17 of 33 from the field. They're 8 of 10 from the line. They forced eight Bulldog turnovers. Uh, They're plus four on the boards. Uh, Just not not great for Mississippi State. In transition, nine uh, fast break points. 
uh, 10 points off turnover state, uh, only two points off the four turnovers they've been able to force uh, from Kentucky. Just like to see State get back into it in the second half. I, you know, I don't hold any uh, any aspirations of the Bulldogs winning this game, but if, if they were able to, you know, make it a somewhat interesting event, that would be a, a good start for them. Uh, just to get out of this game with some some confidence heading into this game with Vanderbilt. We've been talking about Vanderbilt a lot, and you know, obviously the worst team in the conference by far. They they would be a quad four loss for anybody who plays them. They're two forties in the net. They are not going to go zero and eighteen. They're just not. So you, you you don't want to be the team that gets got by them. State has them Saturday in the hump. Just I, state, you want to finish this this second half a little strong, just so you have some some momentum going into that game, because they're they're good enough to beat some teams, and you just don't want it to be you. If it is, you know, I'm not saying season over, but I am saying it's it would be really really tough, because even though right now the Southern loss is still a quad three, it will probably drop to quad four. Two quad four losses in a season would be really hard to overcome uh, for Mississippi State. So we'll see. But that game is Saturday, 2.30. Some guy named Richard Cross will be on the call uh, for the SEC Network. I I don't know if I've heard of that guy or not. He sounds like he'd be a problem. I don't know if I I like him or not. Ah, goodness. We aren't too far away from the start of of spring football when you think about it. You know, looking at this baseball schedule got me thinking about that. I mean, Super Bulldog weekend is in April. It's April the uh, 19th is when it starts, right? So, I mean, April 20th is your spring game. They normally start about thirty days plus ahead of that because they like to, you know they they give spring break off and they try to spread everything out at least that's what Leach did I don't know what Levy will do, um, but means you think that you know around opening weekend is when you know maybe a week after that so maybe like thirty five thirty six days away from the start of spring football practice and the start of the Jeff the real start of the Jeff Levy Levy era. At Mississippi State, it's you know when you think about things like this, it's that that's just not that far away. And I'm 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 fascinated to see what the first spring game looks like under Levy. You know, with 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 Leach, he didn't he didn't give a care for them, right? He just he just didn't it wasn't his thing. So he just went out there and he used him as a practice, and it wasn't really a spring game. Uh, Mullen, you know, especially in his first couple years, as he tried to build some excitement for the program, you know would go out there and try to put on a little bit of a show in those games. So I think Levy does the same, right? I think he does that. He wants to show off the offense, let Shapin and Parson throw the ball all over the field and try to put some points and have a, a 42-41 kind of spring game just to give everybody some excitement going into the fall. So State will be fine. This is what happens when you meet an elite opponent, elite opponent at their house. I mean, I don't disagree with you. But at the same time, you'd like to see a little bit more from State. You want State to be a little bit better than they're showing tonight, because they're just not playing well. It's not, it's got it's it's I think it's less to do with what Kentucky's doing and more to do with what State is not doing in this game. They're just they're just playing poorly. So we shall see. We shall see. Interesting week of uh you know this is that 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 spot in the in the calendar where really all you have is basketball where we're getting into baseball and football is kind of wrapping up don't think we have a whole lot of recruiting news to report between now and then so we need the, we need the uh, the basketball dogs to get going i will say this i want to give a shout out to coach sam purcell got the win over Ole miss on sunday that tied me up with richard cross in our uh, our year long battle to see who has to uh, dress in the other's colors at the Palmer Home Radiothon. Last year I won easily 
But to point out that that was easily a season ago, this year's going to be a battle, but it is two to two. I have soccer and a women's basketball game. Next matchup is uh, just over two, uh, the 30th, the 30th of January in the pavilion. We'll see Mississippi State and Ole Miss tangle in men's basketball. So hopefully I can get another win there. And uh, we will push on to getting uh, Richard decked out in maroon and white for the second straight year at the Palmer home. Guys, I want to thank you for tuning in to uh, Thunder and Lightning Live. I always appreciate it getting this new year started with you. And uh, I want to thank Rhino down there in Studio X. Another flawless show. He's pitched however many shows we've had. They've all been perfect on his end anyway. I appreciate that. And I'll talk to you again tomorrow on Sports Talk Mississippi. This has been Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.